You're listening to the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast, your source for tips and tricks on building wealth through real estate in Connecticut. You will get the best techniques from leading local experts in real estate and lending. Now, here's your host, Robert Weinberg. Saturday morning to everybody and welcome to the Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Age Podcast along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. Rob. Good morning, my friend. Good morning, brother. How you been, Gary? Oh, man. I'm glad. You You know what? I'm starting off the new year and on the right foot. I've, uh, like everybody, I'm trying to lose a few pounds. Okay. My producer, Jimmy J, he's contending to giving up smoking. He's... Nice, Jimmy. Fighting okay. the battle. Uh, I think he's got a little bit more rough than I do. Um, although, I think when you when you give up one oral fixation, you adapt another one, which generally speaking is usually food. Okay, but yep. if that can be replaced with like, let's say, gum or, uh, you know, uh, uh, mint or, you know, something that you can lozenge, mm-hmm. uh, especially this time of year, maybe a cough lozenge drop. would be good. Yeah, cough drops. Uh, that would be uh, ideal. It's um, it's 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 different. It's difficult. I would. Imagine. I've never had a uh, smoking addiction, but of course, we all know people who uh, have smoked and given it up. And how about you? You, yeah. have, any, you have like New Year's resolutions? Yeah, and I things? do. And... I haven't hit the ground running too much. One of my big New Year's resolutions, though, is it's around reading. You know, mm-hmm. I ha- I always have wanted to be a great reader. And it's not that I can't read. I, I read so much all the time, but I'm really talking about book, reading books and bettering myself, self-improvement, Nothing wrong learning with that, more. Man. So I have just a huge stack of books because when I hear from colleagues and online just all this stuff about a great book that resonates with what I'm doing, I'll go and buy the book right away, you know, within the same day or within a week. So I have this huge stack of books. Now, over the years, I've read I've uh, read hundreds of books. I have, but I find when business gets busy, I completely stop reading. Like, I don't read at all. And at one point last year, I'd been reading like 10 pages a day, and I thought I was on a good rhythm with it. I think I finished three, four books. But you know, I need to get back on that horse. And for me, it's about really waking up maybe earlier to do that because of the time and the, you know, demands of work. I it's funny that you bring this up because about a week ago, um, I started a new book and I'm like, oh, oh, I think it's my first book for the new year, 2023. Well, what I did was I'm like, how many books did I read in 2022? And I came up with 14. Okay. I went I went in backwards or I think to myself, all right, I just finished that. Before that, I read this. And, yep, then, boop, boop, boop. Yep. and then actually, I, I I actually had, tw- I thought it was 12. And I'm like, well, 12 months, 12 books. And I'm like, oh, I forgot about two. Um, And some of these books, so I average, you know, I guess a little less than a month of a book. Okay. But I read every day. And you want to hear something crazy? I don't read at the normal times that okay. people read. Like sometimes people will read before they go to bed, you know, because it helps them yes, decompress yes. the day. and. You know, and it, it helps them sleep, actually. I actually read on the weekends when I get up. Okay. And I don't read the paper. I, I'm reading my book. Right. And during the week, I read um, late afternoon, mid to late afternoon, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock. And yeah. I'll read at least, my goal 
is a chapter a day. That's what I was going towards. I want to do one chapter a day. Some chapters are 50 pages. I haven't figured out the time. I also was going to do like first thing in the morning because I find myself up and dealing with my daughter and things in the morning. I'm not just getting up, getting dressed and going to going to work. I'm getting up. There's a routine. Sometimes I might be 20, 30 minutes before I get my daughter out of bed. So I need to take that time that I'm really not doing much with. Uh, right now, I probably read the news and get up to date on sure. what's going on. But instead of that reactionary stuff, I need to just take control of my day and start reading that immediately, even if it's just that. You know, five, ten pages, a chapter, whatever. I need to get into doing that. That's really my number one resolution. I've only been reading at, at, at this pace in ten years. I'd like to keep, you know, keep I wasn't going on. on. I would like to read, you know, a lot more than that. And there have been times in my lives where I'll have three or four books. I'm reading a few pages of this, a few pages of that, and I like it. You know, I do like it. It's just, again, the time gets away from you when you don't prioritize sure. things. And next thing you know, I haven't read a book in the last four months, really. I have one specific book that's been wow. sitting on my desk. I'm like three quarters of the way in, and I just have been so busy with all this stuff going on, and I haven't sat down and really buckled down and done it. So that's really where I'm at. What that means for our listeners and viewers, though, is I'm reading books about finance. I'm reading books about real estate, about mortgage to give more content, to give more knowledge and education to everyone, you know, that's That's out there and expose this uh, podcast, this radio show to a a way bigger audience, because some of the books I have are about lead conversion and sales and marketing and YouTube and that sort of thing, too. So for me, it's about self-improvement. Are you better tomorrow than you were today? You know, and for our listeners that are looking to buy their first home, refinance and all that, today's show is probably right for you because we're going to be talking about finding the best real estate agent. And that is, if not the most important, like it's in the top couple important things when you're going about buying or selling a home. The realtor you're going to work with is so important. And it's something that gets asked to me over and over and over again. Most of my clients come to me before they found a realtor. So I'm in a very unique position because a lot of lenders don't get involved until they found the the house or found the realtor and we're like getting in at at halftime. I get in very early in the process because I'm consumer direct and a lot of my clients find me online. So that helps me you know, help them to interview agents. Who should they use? Where are they moving? And I get a really, really major pulse on the real estate market and what works and what doesn't work when it comes to finding the best agent for you because everybody is going to have a different realtor that's right for them. It's very rare that one size fits all or that two people have the same realtor for the same reason. How important is it for one to click with their real estate? In other words, it's not just some random, I'll just hire this person. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. They, uh, how important is it for them to like it's be on so the same important. page? It is so Why? important. It's Why? probably it's it's probably the most important or in the top two most important things that the buyer or seller is on the same page with the realtor. And we'll talk and dive in more, but the main reason is because the experience factor. When I say experience, I mean the process you're going through. So I've had transactions where we get to the end and everybody is so happy that it's over. It was such a stressful nightmare that everybody is so happy that it's done with and we can move on. And most of the time, the reason why things are like that is because their realtor, the buyer's agent or the seller's agent, didn't do what they needed to do. They didn't communicate in the way that they needed to. They didn't have the experience that they needed to in order to actually fix a problem that came up. And when an issue does come up, they're like, 
just very behind the eight ball when it comes to getting it solved. That's why the realtor is so, so important. I'm a little surprised, though, about this show and, and, and its topics. And I'll tell you the reason why. Usually, if a topic like this, you know, finding the right real estate agent, we did a similar show, oh, I don't know, months ago, and you brought a real estate agent in. You actually, and it made sense because sure. you know a lot. But if you're going to pinpoint, if you're going to zone in on something, you got to talk to a real estate agent to find, you know, to, to really get the intricacies of of the subject. But I noticed this morning you don't have. I a, don't have a guess. That's no. why is that? That's on purpose. Um, oh. That's by design. And well, it's the same thing as saying like uh, finding the best attorney and bringing in an attorney. It. I want to give unbiased information, you know, ah. um, over the last couple seasons, you know, we're now in our third season of the show and I've talked with dozens and dozens of our listeners, email, phone calls and all that. And what I found is that finding that right realtor is different for every single person, you know, finding that right real estate agent is a challenge for a lot of people. They don't know what to look for or they just go off a reputation and that's it. And they end up with a mismatch when it comes to personalities, uh, a problem when it comes to communication. Um, it's really just a big thing. So I wanted to be as unbiased as I could because I've seen some realtors that one client wants nothing to do with and the next client completely clicks and it's like a perfect marriage, right? So there's not one realtor that I can say, oh, well, if you're buying a home in Hartford, here's your realtor. If you're buying a home in Windsor, here's your realtor. That's not how it works. I would personally say like 75% of it is the personality match, right? And that communication match. And then 25% of it is the experience, the knowledge, the reputation. Um, but if 75% of it doesn't mesh well, no matter how much experience they have, no matter how good their reputation is, no matter how many deals they've closed successfully, it's not going to be a match for you. It's not going to be the right person okay. for you. So we got to talk about what makes a good realtor? What should you be looking for? And those questions you should be asking, that's what this is all about. All right. So let's start with uh, you, how do you go about finding the right real estate agent? And, and how do you know that that real estate agent is going to be attentive to, to your specific needs? Where do you start? So I would say a great place to start is recommendations, asking for recommendations. So who can you ask for that? from your friends, your family, or colleagues that have recently bought a home or sold a home. And the reason I say recently is because there are realtors, I think the median age of a real estate agent is something like 52 years old. So there are realtors that are in their 70s or 80s that are still practicing. There's also realtors <laughs> that are like right out of college or maybe didn't go to college that are in their late teens or even early 20s. I've seen and heard of amazing realtors that are like 22, 23 years old, right? Really? That have done a lot of deals and all that. But if somebody that you ask for a recommendation hasn't bought or sold a home in 10 or 15 years, yeah. they're not going to give you the up-to-date information as of today. And the real estate market's changed so much between interest rates, economics, supply and demand and all that. You really need someone that's boots on the ground right now. Another place is a lender. And I talked about how I get involved with this process very early on. So as soon as I pre-approve somebody, my next question is, who is your realtor? Who is your real estate professional and your personal expert that's going to help you go out into the marketplace and get your offer accepted? And the answer is either it's so-and-so or I don't know who I'm going to use. And if it is somebody that they've identified then that's fine. But I want to make sure that I can communicate and get in play with that person, get in tune. If it's someone that they don't or they don't know who they're going to use, then I'm going to drill down more on 
where are you looking to buy? And I'll look at the type of loan and the type of buyer that they are. And I will want to match them up with a realtor that has a lot of recent experience in that niche. If you're a first time home buyer getting an FHA loan, there's certain realtors that really, really do well with that type of buyer. If you're a veteran buyer putting no money down, there's certain realtors that may be veterans themselves that know how to navigate these waters. You get a realtor that hasn't ever presented an offer, for example, on a VA loan, they're going to ruin the whole thing because they're going to go in saying this guy's got no money down and the seller's going to be like, where do I hide? I don't want to sell my house to him. They don't know how to present it. So there is this you know, cohesiveness that needs to be there. I can help kind of move them in that direction. Also online searches. So if you get beyond that recommendation from friends, family, colleagues, and your lender, search online for real estate agents in the area, read reviews, read a lot of reviews, find somebody whose reviews sound like you. It sounds like, oh, they worked with someone that's moving from Manhattan over to Hartford. Okay, well, that's the type of person I am. That's what I'm doing. They worked with this family that, you know, has three kids and a dog. Well, that's me. Again, find someone that you really mesh well with and read the reviews from the past clients that have gone through the whole thing. But Rob, there's got to be, there's got to be qualities that you look for, right? I mean, it's okay. Well, we gelled. Well, but what kind of experience? Right. You talked about some moment ago. Well, I talked to somebody who was 22 years old and, and they're knocking it out of the park and there's real estate agents who I guess, you know, independent agents. It could be 80, 80 you know, right. 80 or They 90. might sell two houses a year. Yeah, right? well, that, exactly. But there's got to be qualities, you know, that they possess. There what, is. What, what, what should they be? What should they be? Well, then? the qualities we'll talk about, but how do you find out is take what we just talked about on recommendations and reviews and then go interview a couple agents. And okay. when you're interviewing them, either in person or over the phone, not just an email. You really, really need – this is somewhere text message and email will not fly when you're buying or selling a home and you're interviewing someone. You need to get on the phone and actually talk to them or talk in person, you know, belly to belly. So you want to make sure you're dealing with someone that's knowledgeable of the local real estate market. Don't be buying a house in Connecticut using a realtor that's from New York or vice versa. Someone that's been – I don't care if they've been in the market for a year or two, but if they have a handle on the local area that you're looking for, that's very important. Has a proven track record of successful transactions. Someone that's 22 years old may have closed 20 or 30 deals last year. That's a good track record. Mm -hmm. You might have a 50 or 60 year old agent that only closed two or three or five deals last year. There's not a magic number, but in my eye, if a realtor is closing less than 12 to 15 deals a year, they're not a full-time realtor. You really can't make a nice full-time income if you're not closing at least one to two deals a month as a real estate agent. The market shifted, it's changed, but if they've at least closed that, I would be a little more comfortable with them. What we really want to stay away from here is your Uncle Joe that just got his real estate license two weeks ago that you're his first client or Aunt Sally that's been licensed for a year but has only closed two deals and both of them were family members. No offense. We want to help these people. But you're entrusting a lot of money, in some cases, many hundreds of thousands of dollars. Not only that, but your sanity, your stress during the process. You need to make sure that these people are on the ball and they're successful. 
They also need to be responsive. They need to be communicative. When you're calling them for that interview, are they not picking up and calling you back three hours later like, hey, I missed you? Or are they picking up right away with a professional greeting? If they're not there right away, are they texting you or emailing, hey, I'm on another line. Let me get back to you. That communication is so important. There could be hundreds of phone calls and text messages and emails over the course of a transaction. And if that communication is not there, that responsiveness is not there, it's not going to work. But I don't know if someone is being straight with me. If somebody tells me, oh, yeah, I, I do 20 deals a year. Like you just said, 12 to 15, they're doing less than that. Right. They're probably part-time. Um, how do I verify it? So verifying how many deals a realtor has done is a little more difficult than another profession. But I would say it's no different than a plumber and saying, hey, how many toilets did you unclog this year? You right? probably look at me like – They're, they're going to tell you what they're going to tell you. So I would look at their online presence – and what they're posting, because any realtor that's got that online presence that's closing deals, they're going to be posting, hey, I just got this offer accepted. Hey, I just closed this deal. Like, go look back six months, a year. Do they have success in the market? Do they look like someone that's doing deals? Or are they posting once every other week, you know, a Christmas card or a Happy New Year or whatever? And that's, you know, the essence of what they're doing. Unfortunately, there's not just a place you can go and type in a realtor's name and see how much they closed. Certain websites like Zillow or Realtor.com, while I usually don't recommend them, they sometimes will give you a little bit of data to say, hey, this person sold five homes on our website or they have this many reviews. And it's good to see that they've got a lot of reviews on those real estate sites because it shows you that they actually have clients, right? That's what we're talking about. But just read through those reviews carefully and be sure that they're legitimate reviews. They're not spam, you know, that sort of thing. Just their family members only posting. You want real reviews from real people just like you. Um, you want to check if they're a member of a professional organization. The National Association of Realtors is one. The Connecticut Board of Realtors. There's a bunch of associations you can look up. And the more associations that they are members of, the better because those associations cost money. And a realtor that's serious about their career is going to pay for some of these uh, memberships in these professional organizations. So, again, the more they have, the better, but at least one professional organization, minimum a one, ideally a couple. Uh, the next thing is going to be asking for references. So we talked about, mm. you know, all of this stuff about looking online. But why don't you say to them, hey, I'm a first time buyer. Can you give me the names and references for a couple first time buyers you've worked with in the last year? If they can give you real references, real contact info, that's a good sign. If they trip over themselves, can't find their words, or just ignore the question altogether, that's a bad sign. You may want to talk to somebody else. Now, as far as looking online if they're licensed or not, there is one website you can use for the state of Connecticut called eLicense. So it's eLicense.ct.gov. You can look up their name on there or that of their brokerage or that of their company, and you can find out if they have a real estate license, how long it's been active, and if they have had any infractions or things that would cause their license to be rejected or denied. So that's really not you know, the end all be all, but it's a good place to start, especially if you're just trying to see, hey, is this person worth any of my time at all? Check out if they're licensed or not on elicense.ct.org. All right, let's say I do that. And uh, I narrowed it down. I've got three or four. And they, all meet, they meet all that criteria. I mean, there's got to be other things that I should be considering, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things to consider as we're talking about, but you want to be considering if you're looking at multiple agents, which one has more experience, right? 
Obviously, the more experienced, the better. Which one has a better reputation? What I mean is if one of them has 100 five-star reviews online and the other has 30 five-star reviews online, they're both good, right? Oh, yeah. But that one with 100 is better. And we want the best when it comes to our money, when it comes to buying and selling real estate. Does it mean we that they're better that they've been a real estate agent longer, though? You know, I think it means that they're more in tune with marketing and online presence because I now have almost 250 five-star reviews. I've only been collecting reviews online since 2019, 2020. So I was able to, uh, you know, appreciate this 250 almost reviews in just a couple of years. What I found is a lot of the agents that don't have that stuff or have a really small amount, they're just not in tune with it. They just don't care about it. They're not asking for it, right? So that's not the number one criteria. I'm not saying don't choose someone because they have less reviews. But we're checking things off a list. We're trying to use the process of elimination to pick who we're going to work with. So figure out who's got more experience by years. Who's got that better online reputation when it comes to the reviews? Who's got a better approach to representing you when it comes to real estate? This will come from your interview with them, the questions you're asking them, the questions they're asking you. That, that's another big thing. Are they asking about you? Do they care about you and your needs and who you are and what you're trying to do? Because a lot of these real estate agents are just trying to sell another home and get another commission. And if they're not asking about you and what your goals are, it may not be a good fit. No matter how slick they are, or how good they sound on the phone, you want someone again that's really going to have your best interest at heart. The last thing would be the communication style and availability. So if you're someone that knows that you work certain hours and you can't communicate by phone, well, then you need to have an agent that's going to be apt to email, text message, that sort of thing. There are certain real estate agents that say, I'm not picking up my phone after six o'clock at night. Well, if you as a home buyer or home seller are only available from six to eight, that's not going to work. So figure out that the communication style matters and matches you, but more importantly, that their availability matches you. And you could ask them during their interview, hey, do you just work normal business hours or what time can I reach you until? If I have a deep question at 10 o'clock at night, can I text you? Can I email you? How can I get in contact? It's really important to figure that out up front because once you make your decision, it's very difficult to go back and undo. Folks, you're listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. You can reach Rob Weinberg very easily at 860-413-3938 and online at robgw.com. I will repeat all of that information more towards the end of the show. So, Rob, how can homeowners ensure that they actually have a good working relationship with the real estate agent that they choose? Yeah, so I think setting up the right relationship, a really properly structured relationship that's going to be successful with your realtor is number one is just setting expectations from the beginning, communicating openly and honestly and setting clear expectations on what you're looking for from day one. I think by doing that, Although it may be a little uncomfortable to have that conversation with someone that maybe you haven't met many times or you barely know, by ripping that Band-Aid off early and telling them, this is what I need, this is what I expect, and getting that out up front, it can really avoid a lot of these potential issues that can come up. Um, you also want to be responsive, too. Like, it goes both ways. When a realtor contacts you for information, you need to get back to them within a reasonable about a, amount of time. I will tell you, as a lender and, and really the quarterback of my client's team, when it comes to buying a home, 
I have the most success and I feel the best and the least stress when I'm working with clients that are very good communicators, right? It doesn't mean that they are high-level executives or have an English degree. It just means when we ask a question or have a concern, we get a response within a, a very, very quick timeline. It may be a couple minutes. It may be a couple hours. But getting an email from a realtor and waiting three days to respond, huh. that's not going to work <laughs> when you're buying a home, let alone when you're just looking for a good agent up front. And it's also important to be respectful of your agent agent. These are business people. These are professionals. You know, many of them have been involved in the industry for a long time. You need to treat them like the professionals that they are. You can't just not show up for a showing or completely disregard their time. You have to have that respect and also trust the agent's judgment, trust their recommendations. If they've been doing this for five years, 10 years or 30 years, take that into consideration when they recommend something to you. When they give you advice, respect that and trust that advice and really think about it. Don't just blow it off. All right, so you're saying communication is really at the yes. heart of all this. So then what? what's the acceptable amount? Within 24 hours, can you get back to me? 48 hours? I mean, or? if you're in the middle of a transaction, I would say within a couple of hours is ideal. Oh. If you're just starting a relationship, under 24 hours, you know, is good. Um I'll tell you right now, I have clients email me overnight last night, you know, and as a lender, I'm emailing them back this morning. I'm in my office before I came here. I'm emailing them back. You know, I'm saying, hey, here's what you need. It was like within they emailed me, let's say, at 11 o'clock last night. They're getting a response at 7 a.m., you know, 6 a.m. when I'm in the office before the show. So. Within 12 hours is ideal, definitely within 24 hours, without a doubt. And also the communication preference, text, email, phone call. What is that for you? What do you prefer? What are your available hours as a buyer? Like if they text you at 3 a.m., are you going to respond? Not that I know why they would, but. All right. Well, but so the homeowners themselves have a responsibility as far as. Uh, preparing maybe a process of buying or selling a home with their real estate agent. It's not all just on the real estate agent, right? It's the homeowners. Yeah, got there's some... a big process, obviously, to get your home ready and, and all that. When you're getting ready to go through that process of buying or selling a home, you need to do the research like we're talking about. Um, you need to set your budget, right? And a lot of that's going to come from your lender helping you set the budget. But you as a home buyer might have something in your budget that just says, I can't spend more than 2500 a month for my new mortgage payment. You can bring that up to your lender early on in the process. That'll help us reverse engineer an amount that you're comfortable with. Getting pre-approved up front, we've talked about it on countless shows. Before you even get to that step of sitting down and looking at homes with a realtor, you got to get pre-approved for a mortgage if you're getting one. If you're a cash buyer, you can skip that. But in most cases, you're going to be getting a mortgage of, of some amount to help you finish up that transaction. Um, it's also good to have a clear idea of what you're looking for in a home. So figure out what are mm. your non-negotiables? How right. many bedrooms? How many bathrooms? What are the amenities you want? Saltwater pool or you know, a home office, things Garage. of that nature. Garage, you need to know that. It's going to make your realtor's uh, job so much easier when it comes to finding you a home. And the last thing is be open to their recommendations. You really need to be open to what they tell you. All right, Rob, I'm, I'm running out of time. A quick answer to this, but I got to ask it. People are making mistakes, obviously. This is why this show is so key. Um, what, what are some of the common mistakes that people should avoid right now because they're, they're, they're happy? They're, they're Top so mistakes prevalent. when it comes to buying a home and yeah. picking an agent. Number one, not being realistic about the market at all. They think we're back in 2017, even though it's 2023. <laughs> That's not going to fly. Number two, not communicating openly. If you're not happy with a house, communicate about it. Don't just ghost your agent or just not respond to anyone. You got to communicate on your side. The last thing is going to be not following the agent's recommendations. When you finish a show or you finish looking
looking at something, you know, they're going to make recommendations to you about how to craft that offer or pros and cons. Listen to them. Trust them. If you don't listen to or trust your real estate agent, you pick the wrong agent. It's that simple. All right. Uh, boy, time just flew right by. Folks, if you like more information about this show or any of the other shows that we've done in the past, the answer is pretty simple. Head on to uh, his website. It's simple. It's robgw.com. That's it. www.robgw.com. Poke around there. Now, if you'd like to set up a consultation for Rob, uh, write this number down and give him a call immediately. 860-413-3938. I'll say it one more time, and I'll slow it down a little bit here. It's 860-413-3938. By the way, if you've got a question that you like to have, like a general question that you'd like to have answered right here on these very airwaves, maybe as soon as even uh, next week, simply send us an email at mortgagemattersradioshow at gmail.com. For Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Thank you so much for listening to the Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Age Podcast. Until next Saturday morning, have a good one, everybody. So long. Thanks for listening. If you have questions about the information we've covered or would like to discuss mortgage financing for your situation, you can reach Robert Weinberg by visiting www.robgw.com. Dot com.